And now, the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brandon Staten and Tyler Hansbro. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. This is Sleep Dog with the Big Hulk. What's up, everybody? It's the Big Hulk. It's a beautiful day. Ready to put out a beautiful podcast. Um, yeah, sleep. I'm ready. It is a um, it is a special day. We didn't cover this before, but it is Martin Luther King Day. Uh, it is. Uh, it is Martin and, Luther King uh, Day. As you listen, that'll super be important yesterday. day. It uh, sure is. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, hope everybody. Uh, hope everybody is uh, celebrating and remembering why. Um, it, like you said, Big Hawk, it is a is it an important day. It's also a monumental day for other reasons that you and I didn't talk about as we were about to come on here. Do you know what that is? This is the 100th episode of Sleep Hawk Worldwide, dude. Man, it <laughs> and that yeah, fucking weird. It doesn't feel like it. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's a lot of stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hundred episodes of this shit. Uh, so appreciate y'all. Uh, you know, enough of you listening. Um, oh, Blue Lily, I wonder where you're at out there. If you're, if you're, uh, shoot up a flare if you're still, uh, still following along here. One of our first listeners, anyway, a lot to get into. Carolina took care of Louisville, although I was about to have a heart attack in the first half. It didn't look so promising in the early part of the game, but, uh, then by the time it was over, it looked like, uh, it was never in doubt. We, uh, as you're listening, we'll play Boston College tonight at home before we go through the gauntlet, and we'll talk about that. Uh, Polls came out today as we're recording. NC State's not in it. We're going to actually, probably, at least I am, going to throw State of Bone later in the show. Duke's also not in it. Fuck them. A lot of football going on. Uh, Jags, historic comeback. Bills hang on. Niners look strong. Minnesota loses the Giants. Uh, We're recording prior to um, Bucks-Cowboys tonight, so that one will be interesting. Kentucky, we got to touch on that because Big Hawk's been all over Twitter just throwing shade at at uh, the Wildcats. Somehow they go beat Tennessee on the road. I mean, what the fuck? Anyway, a lot to get into. Obviously, we'll start Carolina, U of L at the Yum Bucket. Um, Dude, Louisville sucks bad. Uh, And and we did what we needed to do. Uh, Came out of there with a win. I think everybody felt real good looking at, uh, you know, seeing Mondo back out there. I had a double-double at halftime. And uh, it was never really in doubt in the second half. So I think got him a lot of much needed rest down the stretch. So what what are your thoughts on the game? And, uh, you know, what are you taking away going forward? First of all, I think um, midweek, somebody put out um, official status for Armando as being um, probable at best or um, something along those lines. And the first thing I thought inside, why don't they just list him as doubtful? Yeah. And so... <clears throat> initial thought for me was that potentially this could be a trap game. And the reason I say that, and we've talked about trap games on the podcast is because one Louisville is the worst team in the ACC. There's no question about it. The stats back, the stats back it up. Uh, also their record. And it's hard to run from numbers. And Louisville has had an atrocious, awful year, a year that, um, you know, a lot of people would start to question some things and whether where the direction of the program is going and are they building a losing culture within that program? Because once you get that culture in there, it's really hard to change. Two and 16, you lose some of your exhibition games. Uh, this has been a nightmare for Louisville. Uh, but 
the reason I say that is because teams start to get comfortable thinking this is going to be an automatic dub. And I do think Louisville um, is better than their record. I think they have players. I think they're athletic, and I think they can beat somebody. Uh, but consistently, the way they're playing, they're not going to beat anybody. Uh, but I was excited to see Armando uh, get out there. Uh, obviously, uh, rebounding is a huge deal, big part of Armando's game. Anytime he's dominant on the boards, I think it's a good thing for Carolina. We saw that early on. He had 16 rebounds, 14 points in 25 minutes, and that's putting in um, – that's good work, and also that's being efficient, uh, which is super important. But, Sleep, we've also – we talked about it. I mean, we've got to have some contribution from the bench. And the one thing that we saw when Mondo did go out um, in in Virginia, as I put this in a group text with a bunch of people, I said, is Jalen Washington the best – uh, college basketball player sitting on our bench and we just don't even know it. Uh, he came in there and I really felt like he played very well. I mean, he, he came in, you know, he gave us 19 minutes, which is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, good minutes for him. That's, that's, you know, you're improving, you're getting somebody confident and you're giving them experience, which to me, the best way to learn and get better is through experience. So he, he put in six points, three rebounds. Uh, I like to see that. Uh, Seth Trimble, who is a competitor, didn't light it up on the stats, but I love the way he approaches the game. I think he's uh, a winner, makes competitive plays, and he's a positive for this team. But also, Sleep, you mentioned it to me. Man, you're like, man, DeMarco Dunn, man, he, he had a really good game. Very efficient, huge game. This kid is explosive, athletic, can run. Uh, I think he's only going to get better. Uh, 14 points, five rebounds, 26 minutes. That's being efficient, too. Um, you know, and you'd like to see that from our bench where we've had a lot of struggles. Uh, but um, no, nah, man, this is this is a good road win. Uh, because obviously, uh, sleep, we've talked about it. We struggle on the road. Um, and I don't care who it is, when you get a win in the ACC on the road, uh, you can feel positive about that. I don't care how good you are. Uh, so overall, this was good. We got some experience, weren't on the road and got a quality. I don't know about quality, but we got a good road win. Uh, <laughs> got one, so, you, one, one yeah. you were supposed to win. Yeah, I think you know, game got out of reach a little uh, late there, and and some of these guys got some got some minutes on the stat sheet. But yeah, Dunn had a big game, and I think it was important for uh, you know, for, you know, Mondo only had twenty five minutes, and and a, a, a couple of these other guys got a little bit lighter load than they're used to. Um, early in the game, you know, it was we we wound up kind of like pulling ahead prior to the half. But I'm going back to the you know, little little chart on um, you know, it was about you know six minutes. I don't know. Hell, it was they got. Sleep I mean, up. they they kept it close to the point where I was starting to worry, and we were. I was throwing them back and forth on the group text. I mean, Louisville was in was within three with two minutes to go in the first half. And look, it's a long ass game, right? As as evidenced by you know how we we played in the second half. But it was like we just weren't really. I was worried. Uh, I'll be flat out because I was like, we lose this one. Um, th- there is no talking your way around that one. Of course, we got our act together and and just really blew the doors off in the second half. But there was a time where I felt like, uh, you know, Louisville, and it's kind of kind of go what you were saying. Like Louisville, 
you know, showed signs at times like that they aren't just awful, but then I mean, what kills them is they shoot was it like seven percent, one of fourteen from three. I mean, <laughs> even if you make a realistic amount of those, you're still not closing that gap. Uh, they had that kid L. Ellis from he's from Durham. Uh, he was the only guy that looked like he had, you know, really had any heart to <laughs> to knock us off. But to your point, you know, we talked about is, is Dunn had a had a big game, and 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 you know what I'm starting to realize is, you know, we we keep, we always talk about Baycott, we talk about RJ, we talk about Caleb, and you know we got we just haven't had yet even a guy or guys that rotationally, you know, it's Pete Nance every now and then. Right, who steps up and has a big game? I think Leaky had one, you know, solid game where he he kind of like raised everybody's eyebrows and made a big contribution on the stat sheet. But we've really yet to have like generally throughout the course of history, we're good. We got one, two, maybe even three players sometimes that on any given night, one of those guys is going to show up. In addition to, uh, and and where you wind up dropping games is when maybe a, one or two of your starters is just having a really bad night. And we haven't seen that yet. And Dunn, you know, with some playing time, man, had a really good game. And you got to hope that one of these guys, whether it's Washington, Dunn, Trembles having, you know, some solid contributions. Some of these guys got to, you know, get some confidence so that they can make the most of the minutes they have. Yeah, for sure. Sleep. That is super important. I think getting these guys experience, uh, you know, just for later on down the road. And also we got a banged up crew. Mm-hmm. Armando's kind of, you know, dealing with some injuries, been dealing with injuries early on late in the season. Uh, that's why depth is important. You don't want to rely too much of a load on your starters, uh, in my opinion. And uh, I think it's just going to, you know, help help the team, but also keep us healthy. Uh, and I think Jalen Washington is going to continue to yeah. improve. And I know he came in and he had some big moments uh, in Virginia and everybody was kind of like, wow, this kid's really good. Um, and, you know, that's a good thing, but also uh, – you know, you don't want to put too much emphasis on uh, just one game. But I, I I really believe in him. I think he has very good touch. I think he's very skilled. I think he's very has very good soft hands around the rim. Uh, and I think he can shoot the ball. I think he has a good mid-range. And I think if he continues to get his confidence up, I think he will be one of those guys that can spread the floor. Now, that's that is dependent on how long he'll be here because – uh, there is some talk about him, you know, being he is a guy that potentially could be an NBA uh, pick, in my opinion. I think he has great size. Um, he's very tall, long, moves well, soft. And he's going to be one of those guys, in my opinion, that if he explodes, I think he could be a potential lottery pick on down the road. And a lot of mm-hmm. people are going to take this this evaluation. They're going to be scratching their head. But I, I, that's how much I believe in this kid. I think he's super talented, and I think he, uh, you know, you can't teach size, you can't yeah. teach his length, and um, also there, there's something to be said about soft hands. Uh, it's very difficult to acquire that. I think that's something that you're kind of, kind of given, and uh, what he has is, um, is very rare to teach, is what I'm saying, and I think he, you know, potentially could be one of those guys that leaves early because he's a high pick if he continues to improve and he breaks out. 
Yeah, I mean, he's definitely got all the intangibles, 6'10", 225. You got to think that he's only going to fill out. I mean, that's the crazy thing that I think about with some of these kids. They like might even grow a little more. They're so young, right? I'm closing in on Sleep Dogs, closing on 40 here. So I have to remember that like, these guys like are literally half my age. And you got, you, some people forget that. Like he could grow another inch. And then like you look back at some of these guys, like look at insert favorite NBA superstar and think back to their rookie season and look at them now and how skinny they were and how much their body just sort of naturally fills out. I mean, this kid, 6'10", 225, you got to figure in four or five years, he's going to be playing 6'10", 6'11". True, right? Because maybe maybe he's 6'9", and they list him at 6'10". I don't know. He sure looks tall to me. Uh, that ain't saying much. But, you know, and then he's, he's say 6'10", and, and 240. Right. I mean, this kid's got you, like you said, you can't teach that. And he, and he seems to be, seems to move well, uh, and, and can shoot the ball well. And, and, you know, of course, you know, say it a thousand times, like everybody hopes the guy can stay in school and, 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 and sort of take that route and learn. But, you know, hopefully on one side, like these NIL, uh, the NIL situation makes it more conducive for a guy like this to potentially stay in school. But the G League is sort of running in parallel to that, man. And if you follow the NBA at all, the G League is no longer like kind of a joke. I mean, they really, uh, I think teams and organizations and the NBA in general are really starting to utilize that. There's a lot of kids coming in, uh, getting valuable minutes down there. Uh, biggest one this year so far, I think, is uh, James Wiseman, who is, you know, kind of reminds me a lot, except for the fact that, you know, Washington kind of stretched the floor, whereas Wiseman is still. Uh, I, I think rough around the edges in that spot, but he's got he's got a lot of time in the G League. So um, whereas some people, you know, I think your casual fans can be like, dude, this guy barely plays. Like, how's he going to get? Well, that ain't never stopped anybody from uh, from you know, nobody in the NBA from drafting a, a kid early, and and he's certainly uh, somebody we're all excited about. Would love to see him, you know, get more more time and in, uh, in the rotation and. Um, you know, he's, he's looked good lately in the minutes that he's gotten. And and hopefully, uh, you know, maybe he's that next guy. I don't know what the situation is with with Nance, um, whether he's coming back soon or whatnot. But he was out last game. I don't know whether he'll play tomorrow, um, tonight, if you're listening uh, against Boston College. But, yeah, they're still kind of looking for that guy that they can rely on uh, on a night where – you know, Baycott goes down with a sprained ankle or somebody else just isn't shooting the ball well. You're going to have to have it if you're going to win, uh, you know, down the stretch. And, and then where I'm going with that, and we talked about this a little bit before, we play Boston College and then we don't play another team that on paper is, where did that go? We don't play another team on paper that's that we are technically better than right this second until way later. It was Notre Dame on February 26th. So we go a month of playing good teams after Boston College. We have State at Syracuse, Pitt at Duke, at Wake, Clemson, Miami, at State before we go at Notre Dame. And like, there's some solid opponents in that that gauntlet. So we're going to have to be playing our best basketball or you know, we could come out of that with 10 losses. Yeah, sleep. To me, this is a super important time in the season. Um, middle of conference play, uh, we're dealing with a little bit of injuries, and I'm not saying we've been playing inconsistent, but I don't think we've had the season that a lot of people have predicted us to have. Uh, and we have, I will say this, man, conference games, anybody can beat anybody. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is because I I've been in this situation where sometimes you overlook or sometimes – 
uh, teams know how to play against each other. They scout them to the fullest. Uh, and, you know, the, these conference games aren't easy games to win on the road, especially. And especially if a team is hungry, they've been losing some games, they come out ready to go. And I, I remember last year, it feels like we just blew the doors off of Boston College last year. So they'll have that in their memory and they'll be coming uh, to the Smith Center ready to play tomorrow. Uh, today, if you're listening. So, you know, you can't overlook anybody. Uh, and I know we have State this weekend, a rival who is playing great basketball, as you mentioned, Sleep. But uh, tomorrow's a big one, too, because it's the next one. And mm-hmm. this team needs to win. Uh, they need to find more depth on the bench. And I think every every win from here on out, we're building that resume. But you can't look on down the road. you got to take care of the today so you can have a better future uh with that resume so uh boston college is a is a big time game desperately desperately we need some wins mm-hmm. we get a seven o'clock tip a little fairer <clears throat> on the on the dam just straight night owl fold sponsored by folgers tip time here um so that's good I'll, um only a couple more of these 9 p.m's i see ahead of us here but um, and one of them's at Syracuse, so I wouldn't. Yeah, go we ain't on prime time anymore. Oh, right now. <laughs> no, man, but us, damn, we're an infomercial half uh, halftime. Um, so yeah, like you said, big game coming up. Uh, followed by state next weekend at home. Uh, and 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 that which is a good segue because very rarely, the either one of us though state a bone on this program, uh, and we may still not here, but. The AP poll came out a little earlier today, around noon, and State's not there. They're number 26. But after they beat Miami, do you think State's for real? I do. I think they're one of the best teams in the ACC. And this is some – this team is playing much better than a lot of people have predicted. Uh, A big reason for that, you know, we've talked about is Mm -hmm. Traquavion Smith. Uh, Hopefully I didn't butcher his first name. But uh, he's he's playing unbelievable. I think he's – Right now, building a first-team All-ACC type resume, uh, and I hate to stay, say that, but you got to give them credit. Yeah. State's state's winning games. Uh, they just beat arguably Miami. one of the best teams in the in the conference in Miami, and also this Miami team. Let's not forget they almost went to the Final Four last year, made a deep run, lead eight. We thought we were going to get three ACC teams. Uh, in the final four, everyone badmouthed the ACC last year. Sorry, it's going to be a rant. And this is my whole thing is, you know, they build up the Big Ten one year and final four time comes. I don't see their ass mm-hmm. there. Last year, we were always talking about these quad one wins, which to me is I hate the the analytics to figure out if a team is good or not. Every like that's hard to do because conference games are so important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the ACC, I mean, anybody can beat anybody, excluding Louisville. And, you know, last year we almost <laughs> put sorry, Louisville, man, you guys are struggling. Um, we almost put three teams in the final four and everyone dogged the ACC last year and it pissed me off. And I was like, well, ACC is always there at the end of the year. Uh and it's the same thing this year. Everyone's like, yeah, oh, the ACC's not that good. Now I don't know how many quad ones are in there. I don't give a damn about a quad one. Uh, you know, we're always there at the end. Uh, Miami's one of the best teams. NC State just blasted them. Uh, and so you got to give them credit. Here's the thing. You go down and look at State's schedule. I can't believe we're even allotting this much time to talk about NC State on our podcast. But if you look at their schedule, they have four losses. One is a neutral site against Kansas. 
Second loss was the loss uh, on the road. No, sorry, at home to Pitt. I think it was at home. It might have been a neutral site. Um, and we've talked time and again on this pod about how good Pitt is, even though they're not ranked. Um, then they lost at Miami. They lost at Clemson. Those are one, two in the ACC. Two of the best teams going right now. Um, they just beat Miami. They were. I, I was like, dude, how is how are they fucking favored in that game? And sure as shit, I think they were favored by one and a half. And it won by two. Unreal. Uh, you're right. Traquavion Smith, man, he might be if state finishes the way they're going and 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 they're in the top of the league, he might be the ACC player of the year. I mean, he's playing incredibly well. And and you got to think that, like, in my opinion, at least, you take him off of that team, and they ain't going nowhere. The guy I was uh I thought was funny is you talk about that kid the other day, uh, the straight unit. What is his name? Um Man, where's he at? I'm just looking. I'm going on. I'm going to their roster and just looking at the weight column. I mean, my man is living large. Wasn't it him? Uh, what is his DJ, name? It ain't DJ Burns, is it? Um, it's got to be. He's two seventy five, six nine, two seventy five. I thought it was somebody else. That's him. That dude is. Whew, he's a big ain't dog. No way he's two He's he is no much way, bigger dude. than that. He's got. I mean, I'll be honest, dude. He's a likable player. If we had a player like that on that team, everybody would love him. So, I mean, this kid goes out there and is just throwing his weight around in the paint. And he averages 10 points a game. So, look, <laughs> somebody, man. Uh, somebody said <laughs> they call him Whiskey Barrel, which I thought was <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> that, dude's, that dude's a unit, man. And, uh, and you know, like, look, and this is it. And, you know, we don't want to look ahead, obviously, past – uh, past BC, but it doesn't matter what the fuck we look ahead to because we ain't got nothing to do with the game. So I'm gonna look ahead. You go to state, states can come here. They know, like this is this is their opportunity, um, to make up for for a lot of uh, bad performances against us over the years. So, um, you know they they they're gonna be coming in. We're gonna have to be ready to play these guys. So SHWW is gonna have to be ready too because yeah, damn right. Uh, we got a lot on the line too. We had a lot of on. interactions with some. Mm-hmm. Uh, with some state who've been just blowing us up on Twitter, coming mm-hmm. at us, blah 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 blah. We've been firing back, so uh, this one's important to us too because we want the ability, we want ammunition to talk a little smack uh, too. But we know that if they come into the where are they playing, uh, yeah, they come into they come the center, yeah, yeah, this weekend and they get that dub, they're gonna let us know just like they always do, yeah. Uh, but they'll you let know, you know even if they don't get it. Oh yeah, they tell you why Listen, we didn't get it because you guys cheat. That's probably what it'll tell oh, us. So. Oh my god, no, oh, they're. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyways, uh, uh, I'm looking at the Ken Palm uh, rankings, and this is kind of interesting. We're ranked 22nd. Where do you think NC State's ranked? Now, a lot of people use a Ken Palm adjusted for offensive uh-huh. and defensive uh, efficiency, and this is like an analytical ranking. So if we're 22 and all that's concerned, for for what it's worth, I got I don't even know what fuck Ken Palm is. They're either significantly ahead, or, or well, they're either ahead of us or they're like 50. So I said 15. If we're 22 on this ranking, that's about analytics. I'm going to say NC State is 15, and I'm going to hedge by saying if they're not 15, they're outside the top 50. They're they're actually um, 35th. Okay. Which uh, so Kentucky's thirty fourth. Wow, which, uh, they've got a taken a huge leap after beating Tennessee, though. 
Um, but uh, that is interesting to me. A lot of people use these as official rankings, but well, I think yeah, the biggest thing about I think the biggest thing about college basketball is that it is a sport where if you got one guy, one blue chip guy, you can be a lot better than on any given, excuse me, on any given night, especially. Um, and and I think this kid, Traquavion Smith, I think he's really good, man. I think he's oh, a, yeah, he's I, he reminds good. me of Dennis Smith. Um, and and that's kind of high praise coming out of coming out of state because I mean he was a, he's a fucking good player too. So I don't know, man. This is this is definitely a record for a hundredth episode. Here we are to celebrate ourselves and we're talking about fucking NC State being good at basketball. Who'd have thought that shit hundred episodes ago? Duke also not good at basketball, not in the top twenty five. Um, you know nobody gives a shit about that. Could we talk a little bit about it? Um, no, but what, I do. I I know we covered this, and I don't get the. Uh, you know, this is a bad loss for Duke. Um, partially because um, I, th- I don't think they're having a great season. A lot of people have thought some of these freshmen coming in would be the real deal. Now, this flip kid is playing very well. They're big, who is a first-team All-ACC here to me. And he's he's doing really well, having a great year. But I don't think Duke is playing to where they – and I know this is coming from, from me for a UNC guy, but Duke has by far uh, – not met their expectations and absolutely not you know and i i think it has to do i don't think john shire in my opinion and i said this last podcast has the same effect as coach k and i'm going to be interested to see if he's able to maintain that kind of intimidating factor that that coach k used to carry around that's a big deal uh because it i mean he sold the program well coach k built that thing up and I, I don't know. I just, it, to me, the the hatred and the dislike for Duke also was associated because Coach K was so dark and so cold and kind of, you know, he, he didn't really put much out there. It's kind of hidden. No one really knew much about him. And that kind of came with because people didn't like him, the way he got on refs, the, the way he yelled at players. And I don't see that same aspect. I think Shire's kind of a good dude. He seems like he's smiling a little bit and really enjoying himself. I didn't really get that feel with Coach K sleep. Yeah, it's just hard for me to imagine Shire commanding like the same type of respect. And I don't even mean that in a negative way. I just mean, you know, you and that's the same for any young coach, right? You're gonna have to cut your teeth. Um, mm-hmm. but you're right, man. Like you have to, I would imagine you gotta go in and like assert yourself. And let's bring it back to somebody that we know, uh, that you know well, and I I, I know a little bit in Wes, Wes Miller, right? Like, I do think that Wes is the kind of guy that can come in and basically like kind of drive a harder bargain. He's like, I envision Shire kind of being like, like I think I would be as a coach where I would care more that my players like me than I would about my players sort of respecting me. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's, I think both of those things are very positive traits in like a human being. But if you want to lead, you have to sort of go in and assert yourself as a leader in that situation, right? On a team, I think that can go one of two ways. That can work well, or that can work very badly because you can't really force yourself into a leadership role if you're not, um, you know, that's just something that sometimes happens to us. Most you either got to be really fucking good or you got to have a personality that people like or whatever. Um, but as a coach, man, there's no choice. Like you don't go in there and like, you don't earn people's respect by, you know, diving for loose balls. You go in there and earn people's respect by saying, listen, I'm in charge and I don't give a fuck who you are, or how you got here. 
You're going to listen to what I say. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and the same thing, imagine with, with Kyle, with coaches is sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't Shire and, 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 you know, to come full circle here. Like he seems to me like a guy, like you said, a little too nice, like probably a guy that uh, gets along with the players and discipline. I don't give a shit what program you're at. You know, discipline is a very important part of coaching at a high level. Um, and you know, I'm with you, man. It's not, this isn't even a Duke hate thing. It's just, you wonder, um, you, cause kids come to Duke and they're stars, man. Same thing with Carolina. Like mm-hmm. you come to these programs, like you, you come in a star. Uh, we talked about this a long time ago with Bob and him coaching high school and how all these kids have their own mixtapes. And now all of a sudden, I mean, you show up at Duke and you're the, you're the guy. So, you know, it's, you got egos to manage. And and I think that Shire played on a lot of teams where uh, maybe there were egos. I'm sure there were egos, but there were also, uh, there was, there was one alpha and that was coach K. hundred percent. And, you know, when I watched Duke play, the one thing that I really liked the young guy, I think he's, to me, he's, he's a great job for him. No, Filipowski's the other, the young's the other big that transferred, I think, oh, from yeah. Northwestern. Uh, he's just been killing it on the boards, but him and Filipowski flip, uh, they play very well together and they, you know, Filipowski is very skilled, spread mm-hmm. the court, uh, high skill for a freshman, but the young kid, um, transfer, uh, he comes in there. He's an absolute banger, does his job. Just like the, the typical Duke guy, it seems like they have this, you know, when coach K was there, they always had some guy that came in and just embodied a role of like, I'm going to do the dirty work. Like, I'm just going to get rebounds. I'm going to set hard screens. I'm going to be a defender. I don't I don't even care about scoring. Mm-hmm. But to me that's kind of what the young kid has embraced, but he does have a few good post moves like he's got a right a really good right-hand hook. He knows how to score a little bit. Uh he gets rebounds in positions that goes right back up, but he really embraces this rebounding defender, screener, just kind of that typical uh, everyone listening knows, knows what I'm talking about. Like the typical Duke guy. Uh, but, uh, it's going to be interesting when we line up with Duke, I will tell you that because, uh, you know, K isn't gonna, you know, the whole thing last year with K and everyone, you know, giving him gifts and blah, blah, blah. Well, K has gone and I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to see what the rivalry and what kind of weight it carries, what it's going to feel like when we when we line up with them. Yeah, only averaging um, 72. They're 178th in the country in points per game, which is interesting. They're, it's a borathon. Yeah, they, they, uh, they're they playing a lot of half court. 72 points a game is tough. Um, Shoot a lot yeah. of threes. It's also score more points that way, right? Yeah, yeah. So not, not this year. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Jags scored a lot of points out there. We're down 27 nothing uh, over the weekend. So the only game we have left on the slate that we have not seen uh, is uh, Dallas and the Buccaneers. We're recording it. Game comes on later tonight. Um, we'll touch on it real quick before we get out of here. But because we forgot, like we were in the last podcast and I like totally forgot it was football playoffs. And I was like, well, damn, we missed an opportunity to talk about that. What a weekend. Um, have you been able to watch any games? You've had a busy uh, couple days. 
But have you had a chance to watch any of the games? And what were your thoughts? I'll give you a quick rundown. 49ers beat Seahawks at home, 41-23. Jags come back from 27-0 to win 31-30 in the last second field goal over the Chargers. Bills win 34-31 at home against the Dolphins in what was a nail-biter. Giants beat the Vikings, and the Vikings are just taking it on the chin from the from media and their fan bases or all other fan bases besides theirs. And Bengals scoop and score 98 yards in the fourth quarter last night to beat the Ravens 24-17. All right, so you, my instant reactions now. The NFL, I'm, I'm going to just go ahead. They, I mean, everyone's been broadcast or kind of embodying how it's it's a major wild card week. It's just wild card weekend, guys. It's now yeah. like uh, major or super. It's wild card weekend. Let's not buy into it. All right, I'm gonna start off with the Ravens Bengals rapid fire. Ravens, you played yourself. Pay Lamar Jackson. Guy won the MVP. What else does he have to do? I think if he's paid and he has a full guaranteed money coming his way, you guys might have beat the Bengals. You guys had a chance, but you know what? You don't. Uh, you're gone and you're sitting at home and everyone's kind of, you know, scratching their head. You got a chance to win the next one. Game one next year. Yeah. Week one. So the Giants, Giants versus Vikings. The Giants, pretty solid team. Daniel Jones getting a lot of hype. People are making out, making him out to be the next Tom Brady after this win. Everyone's kind of pumping their brakes, uh, this morning. But the Vikings, (laughs) they, I think analytically, they had the one of the worst defenses in the NFL. And so, you know, this this to me was fool's gold, fool's gold from the get. I, I didn't buy into the Vikings. I think if me and you were, uh, were the quarterback, we'd be able to put up some pretty good numbers with some of their receiving core. Jared Jeffries, uh, who's other guy they have? TJ Hawkinson. The tight end. Listen, we could throw balls back there. The Dolphins versus Bills. Now, to me, if you saw the way this game ended sleep, it looked mm-hmm. like the, I, I've been on Twitter. I was like, man, I'm not sold on this Dolphins coach, uh, Mike McDaniels. And oh, man, I hate that. I like Rex Ryan so much and I love his takes. Oh, and dude, I, today love on, I, I mean, the guy next, next time you guys watch Rex Ryan on sports center, tell me somebody that has whiter teeth than him. Uh-uh. He has the whitest teeth. In the history of TV. I'm talking about not just sports, all the TV. Pay attention to that, listeners. Okay. And his take was, he's like, listen, I've been in that position a thousand times. The coach froze. The coach froze. He didn't get, they lost because they didn't get, you know, obviously they're down three, but they didn't get a call off. I mean, they, they lost on a penalty, which you're like. They could not get a play in for like the whole fucking fourth quarter, it seemed like. They couldn't get a play in. And Rex is on there. The coach froze. The coach froze. And he's like, I've been there. Okay. In these situations, you got to know what play you're running next. First down or fourth down. Okay. First down, you got this. Fourth down, you got this. Especially in the fourth quarter, your go-to plays. Uh, And, uh. You know that I I agree with them. I'm not sold on Mike McDaniel's. I think you guys uh, should look elsewhere. Chargers, Jaguars. Man. Here's my question on that one: mm-hmm. Did the Jags win that game, or did the Chargers lose it? I think the Jags uh, stole it. No, 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 no. The Jags took it. Okay, the Jags been pretty solid all year. And uh, God, what's the uh, quarterback's name? Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, respect to him. I love to see guys like this that come out 
Uh, it looked like, you know, one of us leaving La Rez's in uh, college and just trying to be put into a playoff game and try to take snaps and throw the ball in the first half. I mean, four picks. God, no, four picks. A couple I of them weren't his fault. One of them, especially the dude. He looked was, like Jake yeah. DeHome. Yeah. Uh, prime and <laughs> for the Panthers. And uh, I tell you what, uh, sleep dog. You got to fire the coach for the uh, Chargers. Fire him. Get him mm. out. Yeah, uh, he's got to be done. Justin Herbert, one of the best, youngest talents in the NFL. And I will tell you, you guys, it, you guys are, man, you guys just don't know what you have. And mm. you, you surround them with awful coaching. Not only that, they had one of their best receivers, mm-hmm. Mike Williams, out. Yep. And this dumbass. Okay, the reason he didn't play is because he got hurt last game, and the game Uh meant nothing. They wouldn't – nothing. Didn't help him seed-wise, anything. Major player got hurt in that game. He ought to fire him. Uh, 49ers for Seahawks. Uh, Listen, this game was over before it started. 49ers are going to win the whole Super Bowl. They're going to win the whole thing. I called it before the season. I'm big on the Niners. I know the uh, Purdy kid is playing – uh, pretty good. Um, but I think honestly, uh, sleep. If we had McCaffrey, uh, Dab, or what's the guy's name? Debo, almost Debo, and uh, George or George Kittles. Ayuk is good. Yeah, I think, dude, they got a I squad. Think me, dude, I think me and you could take yeah. this team. To the this Super is my Bowl. question on that. Yeah. So yeah. I'm a Trey Lance guy. Like I think Trey Lance is Trey uh, Lance is not going to be anything. Guy's done. No, nah, I well, okay, fine. But I think so. Here's my thing: is if Trey Lance is the quarterback, if you just said if like old sleep dog could go for uh, three thirty two and three TDs on the 49ers, I'm just saying like I think Trey Lance is an upgrade over Brock Purdy, and just imagine how good they would be with a mobile quarterback that has a fucking cannon. And then all he's got to do when he gets under duress is just dump it off to McCaffrey, who's which is all any of us have to do. So I, I I'm just intrigued. I'm like, dude, yeah. they got they got a third stringer. And that's the other thing with the Dolphins. Dolphins run a third stringer out there and almost win the game. So McDaniel's, I, I'm with you a whole. I mean, completely, dude. He was just blowing the play calls. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, you got to get something in. Just call something and just you yeah. know live and die by it. But uh, and then and then Herbert. I I don't know. Man. I love Justin Herbert. I think he's fucking so good, but I can't understand like, yeah, I guess it's got to be the coaching and, and I don't think their line is very good, but damn dude, like ah, that one, that one stings. Um, dude, my best part of the weekend though is, um, you know, have you heard what they're calling Daniel Jones? No. His new nickname, Vanilla <laughs> Vic. <laughs> Which I think I is love great, that, man. Because he's the dude. He don't forget, do. he's the dude. Like his first game of his career, runs eighty yards down the middle of the field and trips and falls at the five yard line. Uh, and I think he did that more than once. But he started calling him Vanilla Vic because he ran for seventy eight yards. He was the leading rusher in the game yesterday. Um, so yeah, I, I hate to see him do well because I'm a Commanders fan and uh, not a Duke fan. But I mean, he looks solid. So uh, that stacks. So who you got tonight? Bucks, Cowboys. By the time anybody's Ooh. listening to this, that shit'll be over. It'd be sixty-eight degrees, Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. So the Cowboys, because they finished behind Philly in the division, <laughs> doesn't matter. The Bucks had a losing record. Um, they will play in Tampa tonight, and you got Tom in the playoffs, which, in my opinion, totally different story. 
I'm going Bucks, and the reason I say Bucks is because of experience. Um, I am, and I just there's so much controversy and there's so much hype around these fucking Cowboys. Yeah, uh, and I just. Good God, I just love it. I, I just, I guess for my heart, I know how good the Cowboys can be. Uh, best, one of the best defenses out there. Yep. And if they get rolling, they're tough. Um, but I just, I, I, I don't know why I love to see these guys lose. And I love to see Tom win. I, I mean, I'm a big Brady fan. I love his story. Um, yeah, I want to see him, you know, advance into the playoffs. I agree with everything you just said. Dallas is a three-point favorite. Dallas, but Dallas going to win this one. Uh, this is it for Tom. I mean, he ain't going to get it done at, at, at uh, Tampa. He just hasn't looked like himself. And Dallas's defense is so good. And I think that Tom Brady doesn't have the same, you know, weapons that he has had before, and, and up to and including, you know, the scheme. Um, you know, I just don't think he has enough around him to help him uh, to get by. I mean, you don't you don't have a fucking losing record. They, they're in the shittiest conference. And somehow they still have a losing record. Um, and I just, I think Dallas's defense is, is way too good. But God, I hope they lose. And if they do, best believe I'll be tuning in to Stephen A tomorrow. Because um, I just, there's few things better than that guy just railing on the Cowboys. Oh, He'll have on like wait. a cowboy hat smoking a cigar at mm-hmm. 6 a.m. It's amazing. So anyway, well, we got, uh, we got a lot of that covered we got we got we got uh the heels coming out tomorrow night boston college a big win by the way uh unc women's basketball we talked a lot about state talked very little about the fact they got ticked to the woodshed by the women uh so shout out to the lady tar heels with a big win yesterday um a lot of was great time for sports man so you guys uh you know enjoy the rest of the week you got anything else big hawk stay safe stay safe